All right, now let's grab our Bibles, our pens, our rulers, all the things we're going to use to mark up our Bible, and let's open up to Philemon chapter 1. We're going to go through verses 1 to 25 together this morning. Let's go. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus. That is important. That's showing that's where my loyalty is. That's where I follow. That's where I believe. That's where my connection is. I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I serve him. And Timothy, our brother, right along there with with him, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, right alongside working with them, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier at the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from our Father, God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I like this next sentence. This is something, anytime I see the sentence in my Bible, I underline it, I mark it. It's important to me. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Now that's how we should be with one another. That when we remember someone, when we're thinking of someone, when we're praying about someone, we are thankful for one another. And COP, I can tell you, I am so thankful for all of you and all of the campuses and branches. This is how we need to be. We need to be so thankful to God in prayer for one another. Because I hear of your love and your faith that you have turned towards the Lord Jesus and all the saints. We need to keep our eyes focused on God. We need to keep our heart focused on him. We need to keep our ears focused on him. We need to keep our love focused on him. All of these things we need to keep, keep ourselves focused. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. As we share the gospel, that's going to help grow us and secure us and make things more effective in our life. Verse 7, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. This is something that is so true. When we get to call and spend time with you, when we get to see you face to face, when we get to visit you, when we get to pray for you, it is so refreshing. It is so good for the spirit. It is so good for the soul. Being with you, being with you, wonderful COP, is so refreshing on the inside. These are things that help us. When you're going through things, give someone a call. Call your go group. Call your leaders. Call your members. What's going on? How can I pray for you? What can I share with you about today? What's going on? That will help build you up. That will help lift you up. That will help refresh you. It's amazing. The moment we start calling one another, when we get to be in each other's homes, be in each other's homes, it is amazing the difference you're going to see. Accordingly, though I am bold enough to Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you, my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. People change, guys. I am sending him back to you. I'm sending my very heart. 
I would have been glad to keep him with me, in order that he may serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but by your own free will. When we do things, there's things, yes, that in life are things we should do and things we're required to do. But in things with God and things of our heart, these are things we should do because of our free will. We want to, we desire. There's no compulsion in giving. There's no compulsion in the ministry that you should be doing and feeling. That needs to come from the desire that you have in your heart, your free will. For perhaps this is why we parted from you for a while, that you may have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me. This guy has progressed in his life. He is now a beloved brother right alongside with them, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. So, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would me. We are to receive one another in Christ for good, especially when you're sending someone to represent you, when you're sending a son in the faith to represent you. You need to, because you love me, accept this person. That's what he's talking about here. Receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge it to my account, spoken like a spiritual father. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience. I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than what I say. At the time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Ephaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, and Aristarchus, and Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Now we see some really great passages here about how we should be with one another, how we should love and accept, and how having time with one another, visiting, calling, praying for one another is really good for our spirit. It's really good for our heart, and it helps bring us up. A great thing for us to note and a great thing for us to remember as we get into some more wonderful praise and worship this morning. Let's worship our Lord some more.
Let's get into our Old Testament for today. Let's open up our Bibles now to Jeremiah chapter 46, and we're going to start in verse 1 and get to Jeremiah 47, verse 7. All right, let's go. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet concerning the nations. Now here we're going to hear about some things that God spoke to Jeremiah for the benefit of his children and for being aware of what's going to happen to all the enemies of the Lord. Now, let's see. About Egypt, concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates at Karimish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Prepare, buckler and shield, and advance for battle. Harness the horses, mount, O horsemen, take your stations with your helmets, polish your spears, put on your armor. Get ready for battle, guys. Why have I seen it? They are dismayed and have turned backwards. Their warriors are beaten down and have fled in haste. They look not back, terror on every side, declares to the Lord. The swift cannot flee away, nor the warrior escape. 
in the north by the river Euphrates. They have stumbled and fallen. Who is this rising like the Nile, like rivers whose waters surge? Egypt rises like the Nile, like rivers whose waters surge. He said, I will rise. I will cover the earth. I will destroy their cities and their inhabitants. Advance, O horses, and O rage, O chariots. Let the warriors go out, men of Cush and Put, who handle the shield, men of Lud, skilled in handling a bow. Here we go. Verse 10, that the day of the Lord, the God of hosts, a day of vengeance to avenge himself of his foes. The sword shall devour and be sated and drink its fill of their blood. For the Lord, the God of hosts, holds a sacrifice in the north country by the river Euphrates. Now note this verse because we're going to reference something towards the end today. Note this verse and note what it says, the sword shall devour. And we're going to take a look and apply some stuff about the sword and about the sword of the Lord later on. Verse 11, go up to Gilead and take balm. O virgin daughter of Egypt, in vain you have used many medicines. There is no healing for you. The nations have heard your shame. The earth is full of your cry. For warriors have stumbled against warrior. They have both fallen together. The word of the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to strike the land of Egypt. Now here's quote. Declare in Egypt, proclaim in Migdal, proclaim in Memphis and Taphanes, say stand ready and be prepared for the sword shall devour around you. There's the word sword again. Why are your mighty ones face down? They do not stand because the Lord thrust them down. You can't stand in his presence. He made many stumble, and they fell. And they said to one another, Arise, and let's go back to our own people, to the land of our birth, because of the sword of the oppressor. Call the name of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, noisy one, who lets the hour go by. As I live, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, take Tabor among the mountains, and like caramel by the sea, shall one come. Prepare yourselves, baggage for exile, O inhabitants of Egypt, for Memphis shall become a waste, a ruin without an inhabitant. A beautiful heifer is Egypt, but a biting fly from the north has come up upon her. Even her hired soldier in her midst are like fattened calves. They have turned and fled together. They did not stand. For the day of their calamity has come upon them, the day of their punishment. She makes also a sound like a serpent gliding away. For her enemies march in force and come against her with axes, like those who fell trees. They shall cut down her forest, declares the Lord, though it is impenetrable. Because they are more numerous than the locusts, they are without number. The things that you think in this world, 
you can stand against, the things that you think are your security, the things that you think can be impenetrable are not. When the hand of the Lord is off of your life and when these enemies and seasons come up and down. The daughter of Egypt shall be put to shame. She shall be delivered into the hands of the people from the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, said, Behold, I am bringing punishment upon Ammon of Thebes, and Pharaoh and Egypt and her gods and her kings, upon Pharaoh and those who trust in him. I will deliver them into the hands of those who seek their life, and in the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and his officers. Afterward, Egypt shall be inhabited as days of old, declares the Lord. Now, here comes the part we're going to be referencing back to and ahead. Verse 27. But fear not, O Jacob, my servant, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from far away and your offspring from the land of captivity. Jacob shall return and have quiet ease, and none of them shall be made afraid. Now, here's the thing. When we are on the winning side, yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we're human. Yes, 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 we're going to sin. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. All of these things happen. But when we are on the winning side, fear not. I will save you from far away. You shall return and have quiet and ease. And you won't be afraid. Now, verse 28. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, for I am with you. Talk about a reason to not be afraid. I will make full end to the nations to which I have driven you. But out of you, I will not make a full end. I will discipline you in just measure, but by no means leave you unpunished. Now, God is going to discipline us. When we make mistakes, when we sin, when we fall short, yes, 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 we are going to be disciplined. But it comes from love. And he's still going to protect us. It's not, okay, that's it. You're done, gone, bye. No. When the Lord is with us, he will also protect us so that no harm and damage will come. He will discipline out of love, but he still will establish us. Now, chapter 47. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah, the prophet, concerning the Philistines before Pharaoh stuck, struck down Gaza. Thus says the Lord, Behold, Waters are rising out of the north, and they shall become an overflow torrent. They shall overflow the land, all that fits, the city and those who dwell in it. Men shall cry out, and every inhabitant of the land shall wail. The noise of the stamping of the hoofs and of his stallions and of the rushing of his chariots and of the rumbling of their wheels, the fathers look back, not back to their children, so feeble are their hands. Now here's where we see a reference. But of the day that is coming to destroy all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon, every helper that remains, for the Lord is destroying the Philistines, the remnant of the coastland of Kaphtar, Baldness has come upon Gaza. Ashkin has perished. 
O remnant of their valley, how long will you gash yourselves? Now, verse 6 and 7, the reference to previous chapters and reference to our sermons in the weekend the last few weeks. Ah, sword of the Lord, how long till you are quiet? Put yourself in your scabbard, rest and be still. How can it be quiet when the Lord has given its a charge against Achilan and against the seashore? He has appointed it. So let's repeat verse 6 again. Ah, oh, the sword of the Lord, how long till you are quiet? Now let's remember what we learned last week. When we're talking about the sword of the Lord, we're talking about something that's coming from his mouth. We're talking about a powerful weapon, and it is a creative, miraculous weapon. It's one that can bring life, and it's one that can bring death. We gave the illustration of Lazarus, but also it's going to strike down. Now, it's not one that we need to fear. Again, we're on the winning side. We serve the Lord, and we love him. But for those who are against here it says, how long till you're quiet? It's still coming from his mouth. The commands are still coming from his mouth. How can it be quiet when the Lord has given it a charge? This charge, this destruction that's going to come, comes from the mouth of the Lord. He speaks, and when he speaks, there comes life, there comes death. His weapon, that double-edged sword that comes from his mouth, it will speak either life into your situation or death when you are away from the Lord. Now, what did we learn from our sermon last weekend? We learned that we need to pray more. We learned that when we can receive the sword of the Spirit, when we can receive the helmet and assurance of our salvation, it comes from our prayer time that we receive these things. And we need to be praying more. Here we see some more application and illustration of this today. So as we wrap things up today, let's pray. Father, Lord, we come to you. We thank you for your word, your plans, your promises. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because you have given us amazing gifts. You have put us in amazing situations. Lord, we thank you that we have one another, that we are happy when we think of and pray one another. And Lord, we look forward to a time in which we can fellowship and visit with one another again, Lord God, in their homes, Lord, in offices and schools. Lord, we come and ask, help us, Lord. Help us with these gifts that you have, with the sword of the Spirit, with the assurance of the helmet of our salvation, Lord God, that comes from you. Lord, give us a desire in our life to pray more, to dig in more to you and your word. Father, let us be hungry. Let us have desires to spend time praying in the understanding, to pray in the Spirit, Lord God, to dig deeper into you, to dig deeper into your promises, into who you are, what you've done, what you will continue to do in our life. Lord, we lift up to you all of the situations that we are facing, all of the decisions, Lord God, that the government is making. Lord, give them wisdom, Lord. Give them guidance. We thank you for your hand of protection, which is upon us. We thank you for the outpouring, Lord, of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the security, Lord, that we can have in you because of who you are and what you've done. Lord, we come to you and we say thank you.
Thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, which is new every morning. And Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that we will see and hear. Lord, use us. Let us be used to be a testimony for you, to show your goodness. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your sustaining power, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you that you will be with us today. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now we really look forward to seeing you in God's house this weekend. We are so happy to be back up to 30%. Also, we're happy that some of our transportation routes are starting to open up. Please, 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 if there's anything that we can do for you, if you love prayer, reach out to your campus or your district pastor, and it would be our honor to call you and pray for you. And we so look forward to seeing you in God's house this wonderful weekend. Have an amazing weekend. See you, take care, and God be with you.